Everybody. Good Hello. morning. Good morning. Good brunch. Good brunch. Good evening. I'm Jamie Baker. I'm Sarah Matthews. And you're at Nurse Coffee Talk. Welcome. Welcome. We are so glad to have you. And I am hot off my energy drink. <laughs> that was the cleanest intro we've ever done. <laughs> ever? Really? Well, I feel like it's probably due time given my recent. <laughs> given how many flummoxes. we've had. We've been. Uh... Struggling a little bit the past few times. Oh, man. Oh, man. I just, you know, some days I just can't get my shit together. It just adds to the color. We're just real people, just like you. (laughs) Well, you know what's funny is I couldn't get my shit together this morning on my way home from work when I stopped at the grocery store to buy stuff to, like, take to eat at lunch today Mm -hmm. uh, when I go back to work. And I was, like, on the phone talking to my dad about investments uh, at, you know, 730 in the morning, whatever. (laughs) What a typical dad call that is. (laughs) <laughs> no, First I called thing him, in the morning. <laughs> Crack of dawn talking about investments. I know. I'm like, hey, dad, I have some uh, 401k questions. Can we chat? And he's like, okay. So I'm walking out of Kroger and we're chatting, chatting, chatting. And I'm going to my my car and I'm like hitting my button and the thing's not opening. Not only was I not at the correct car, but like <laughs> literally... I was parked on the total opposite side of the parking lot. Oh, like, no. I, like I wasn't even, like, in the same row. I mean, if I walked out of the grocery store, my car was off to the right, and I went off to the left. And I'm oh like... Gosh. And I was like, oh, I uh, I am apparently very flighty today. So Was it at least a similar car? Yeah, it was similar. I, I have full-on gotten into an unlocked car that I thought was mine. Oh, really? And then I looked around and I was like, this isn't the color of my interior. And you're like, something feels weird. And I was like, oh God, like now I feel like a criminal. I haven't even, it was an accident. <laughs> That's so funny. Also, why is, why is your car unlocked? <laughs> Some people are just very trusting. Very I guess. trusting. I'm, well, that's fine. I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway, um, so I have a couple things that I need to discuss that are of utmost importance today. One of which is I'll be damn sure that I'm going to be starting my period because I totally have a face for radio today. Oh, no. I literally can't even handle looking at myself. Oh, no. I mean, I feel like my, like, being home so much and not having to, like, because I've been okay about my skincare routine, but not great. Mm. Because, you know, I don't know. Something about being home has made me just feel... It's anarchy over here. I don't know. <laughs> you alone in your anarchy world. <laughs> in, my, in my anarchist apartment. So you feel like your face is worse? Yeah. Because I f- really feel like my face was, like, clearing up. Because, really, I stopped wearing makeup to work because of all the masks and the N95s and stuff. Oh, sure. So I stopped wearing makeup to work. Now, granted, I don't really wear that much makeup anyway. Like, I do concealer, light coat of foundation, that's it. Oh, some clear chapstick. (laughs) Great. That's the extent of my makeup routine. I'm about as plain Jane as you can get. So I I think my face was doing better, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure I'm premenopausal, and my periods are just all over the map, and it's ridiculous. Oh, really? Oh, Yes, but for those of you who thought that scrubs were the most comfortable uniform you could ever wear, I have you beat. Oh. The podcast uniform, (laughs) which I am wearing right now, 
is tank top and undies. Same. I am in. I am in the pajamas that I slept in last night. Uh, so I, I'm just like rocking it out, podcasting in tank top and underwear, and uh, loving life. <laughs> That's been my work uniform at, from home for the past several weeks. And then we have we have a few meetings a week, but we have one scheduled meeting every day. So about 15 mm-hmm. minutes before that meeting, I go draw in some eyebrows so I look a little bit less uh, completely sick. <laughs> And, um, I just put something over the crop tank top that I'd been wearing all day, (laughs) but like nothing on bottom, like a blazer. Yeah. Or like, I mean, not even literally a hoodie. Like people are just wearing, cause I don't want my shoulders on the camera, but like people are wearing, I know shoulders are very sexy. Very sexy. I don't want to tantalize them with my exposed skin. They might just reach through that zoom call. (laughs) start stalking you via zoom my friend and i were laughing we're like there's a few phases of the work from home outfits it's like phase one is pajamas and then partway through you're like i really should put on something so then phase two (laughs) is just sweatpants and lounge clothes and then and then phase three is the meeting clothes so that you can look presentable from the waist up and then phase four is back into the lounge clothes (laughs) i was gonna say on top only yes top only (laughs) Bottom is always sweatpants no matter what. Did we talk about that Zoom where the person went to the bathroom? I think we maybe did very briefly, but my secondhand embarrassment is very, very strong. There are certain shows that I literally can't watch. And that, I couldn't even finish watching that video. I was getting such profound secondhand embarrassment. (laughs) I was like, ah, please don't do what I think you're about to do. Oh my God. Oh my God. I couldn't, I couldn't even finish it. It made me so uncomfortable. (laughs) I love it. That's hilarious. I've never experienced that. Secondhand embarrassment? Yeah. No, I don't. I must be like. It's truly bizarre. I like did not know. I think you're just not a lunatic <laughs> like I am. It It's so bizarre because I, I never really knew what it was, but there would just be certain times where, like, I couldn't keep my eyes on whatever was happening, and I would have to stand up and walk around, and I felt, like, anxious, and, like, I was like, man, what's get a grip. And then I met someone else who had the same kind of thing. She was like, oh, my God, I can't watch, like, the episode of Scott's Tots on The Office because my secondhand oh. embarrassment is too, too <laughs> pronounced, and I was like... Oh my god, I also can't watch Scott's Tots from The Office. <laughs> so this is not just, like, in real life. Like, this is, like, TV no, shows. No, this is, like, remote, yes. It's, like, I mean, it happens in real life, too, when I'm, like, <laughs> watching something happen, and it's agony. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, like, TV, TV for sure, yeah. Oh. oh my god, that is so hilarious. The dinner party episode of The Office? Forget about it. I can't. That was too- very yeah. awkward. <laughs> too awkward i can't watch it can i just extend to you that i love that you love the office as much as i do oh i can quote it word for word it's on my bumble profile well well i don't have a bumble profile right now. i don't even know what i did but i was like the pros of dating me i can quote the office word for word the cons of dating me i can quote the office word for word (laughs) that's did you get any dates yeah Mixed reviews on the office trivia. Mixed reviews, but I'll know I'll find the one when we can just meet match uh, word for word. Are there any male nurses out there that want to date Sarah that also love the office? Just putting it out there. Right in. Yeah. I'm a catch. She is a catch. (laughs) I adore you. I'm not a catch. It's okay. Oh my God. Don't down talk yourself like that. (laughs) Coming from the lady with a face for radio. Okay. (laughs) 
Okay, we do have a couple housekeeping issues to take care of today. And uh, one thing that I wanted to just bring up with you, Sarah, because you and I have talked about this, is everything that's going on with the world. Well, not the maybe the world, but our country specifically mm-hmm. uh, with regards to racism. Obviously, you know, my husband is black. My children are biracial. And so this is something that does hit very close to home for me specifically because, uh, you know, I will never fully understand the struggle that my husband has faced, the struggle that my children will likely face from the same perspective that the rest of my immediate family will experience it. And I I know this is a serious topic and this podcast, we try to keep things really light and we like to have fun on this podcast. We, we don't need to spend the whole episode on this, although we could spend multiple episodes on this and never get to, you know, solutions. Mm-hmm. But I do think we need to address it. First and foremost, we do record ahead of time. So when last we recorded, none of the things that are going on were going on. And so we don't want our audience to think that it's not something we care about uh, because we didn't mention it in the previous episodes, but we just had recorded those earlier. So I do want to address it uh, now since we're recording within the the time that it's all taking place. So one of the things that I love that, you know, hospitals have been doing is the eight minutes and 46 seconds of silence in memory of George Floyd. Um, I, I... What happened to him is an absolute travesty. I know that things like this have been going on around the country for decades and decades. It has to stop. The here at Nurse Coffee Talk, I mean, we like to have a good time and we like to have fun, but we like to do so in a truly all-inclusive environment. We we like to see different perspectives, different viewpoints on things. And the world would not be the same if we were all the same. Mm-hmm. And we need that diversity in our podcast, but also in our healthcare system, in our country, in our lives. We need people with different perspectives than what we have. We need people to help teach us to look at things through different eyes. My aunt sent me a really beautiful article. My aunt lives in the greater Chicago area. Uh, it's from the Chicago Tribune, and it was a column called, I tried to ignore the killings of black men because it hurt too much. Then came the personal reckoning. And I thought it was a really, really interesting article. And I'm sure there's hundreds of interesting articles out there. I think the whole point of it is that we... We need to stop living in a bubble and we need to start looking at the world through others' eyes. One of my friends posted something on Facebook that said uh, it was an argument to when people say Black Lives Matter and then other people retort, all lives matter. Okay, yes, all lives do matter. That's 100% true. But the whole point right now is that we're bringing attention to the issue going on in the black community right now. The post was something about like when the Boston Marathon was bo- was bombed, it was Boston Strong was like the theme. It wasn't yeah. all cities are strong. Right. Yeah, like when the Vegas, when there was that huge shooting in Vegas, it was Vegas. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. You know, and it's just the whole point is to bring attention to that movement and raise awareness to it all. And I think that is 
the first step because we're not going to go from ignorance and tolerance to the next day being, you know, an entirely different country. It takes a long time, but we're at a boiling point here and we have to do something and each, each one of us can do things in our own individual lives. And, uh, I just hope and pray that you're all doing that, reflecting on what's going on, doing what you can do to advocate for equality across the board, certainly for everybody, for all races, genders, sexual orientations, uh, religions, everything, but particularly during this critical time in our country. I hope that you're all advocating for equality between blacks and whites, because this is something that has gone on far too long. And uh, we, we can no longer be a country of intolerance. And I think it's, in fact, I know it's the responsibility of white people to end it. It is not the oppressed responsibility to end their own oppression. I think it's everybody's responsibility. I agree, but it, it the most profound lack of response comes from white people who don't want to own our own portion of it. And I've spoken to a lot of people who really don't want, and I'm not trying to turn this into some kind of, there's a lot of things I could say that I'm not going to, because this is not the the platform for that. But to, I guess to bring it back to like healthcare specifically, if you either don't think or don't know that there's a huge racism problem within healthcare, you need to educate yourself. And we are going to post some resources that will help with that. Um, Because I I know that I can educate myself further. I'm sure Sure. that Jamie feels the same way. Absolutely. And there are ways that we all contribute to the system being in place. And there are ways that we can help end it. Absolutely. Very well said, Sarah. Thank you. So Sarah and I, obviously, we take this extremely seriously. And we really hope that you all do too. I think we have a really smart audience. So I'm sure that they are taking everything very seriously. And we don't want to just like sweep this under the rug and move on. So we are going to post some resources, like Sarah said, that you guys can follow up on. But we do have some other stuff that we really do want to talk about today because we want to we want to help provide some enlightenment in your day. And we want to help provide a little bit of escape from the reality, even if it's just, you know, 15, 20 minutes of your day. Things that are, you know, more positive or funnier or things like that. So without brushing any of this under the rug, we're going to go ahead and move on. If you guys have questions, concerns, things that you want to discuss, we can certainly do that through the lens of healthcare because we do want to continue the conversation, but we also want to stay focused on what we're here to do, which is raise awareness about healthcare issues. Mm-hmm. So let us know if you have questions about how the two are intertwined and what we can do to help move things forward. And as listeners, if you guys have feedback for us on things that we can do or messages that we can get out to help the community move forward, we would really love to get that feedback from you because we do have a platform where people are listening to us. And so, you know, we're not celebrities, but if we can do anything from our platform and use it to improve the the well-being of all of our listeners and especially our black audience as well. We want to be able to do that and help understand better. So give us your feedback and let us know what we can do. Okay. So on that note, we'll go ahead and move along to a very, very different topic, which is, uh, I'm going to start a committee. Okay. My own committee. I'm ready to join it already. I don't even know if I'm going to get like approval. 
You can join, but it won't really do you any good, but... (laughs) I'm just trying to be supportive. (laughs) Thank you. I love your support. My committee is... uh, I can't call it this. I gotta have a good name for it, but it's like the stupid shit committee, right? (laughs) And you think that won't help me? I'm the queen of stupid shit. Well, no, because it's... It's my hospital specific because I'm here's the thing. I'm so sick and tired of all the bureaucratic red tape that I deal with every day. And I just like need shit to change. Yeah. I'm tired of going to my manager who either acts or does not act. But I never know because there's no follow up on anything. I never get the loop closed on what's being done about the issues that I'm bringing forward. So what I want to do is I want to get people together, nurses who actually want to make their hospitals better, like people who actually care, because there's plenty of people who are really checked out and are just like, I don't really give a shit. I'm just here to do my job and go home. Mm -hmm. But there are definitely people, and maybe I'm the only one on the committee for the first few months. I don't know. But there are definitely people that want their facility to be a better place. So I feel like this is an action-oriented committee. This is not we meet and get together and agree to meet again to do something. No, we come together, we decide which issue we want to fix, we brainstorm solutions, and then we do the shit to make it happen. I need a name for my committee. I'm just thinking about, it was an episode of um, of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where they felt like the phrase task force was Mm -hmm. too aggressive and she goes do you want to know what they're calling it instead do groups (laughs) and every time i get asked to be on a task force i'm always like oh a do group a do group (laughs) (laughs) all right well i guess i i'm looking for a a fun name for a do group The Improvement Action Committee. No, that's too hospitaly. I know that's that's what they're gonna want. Drink the Kool Aid. No, I I'm not having this at the hospital. We're gonna be somewhere where there's a large whiteboard board for me to use and alcohol. Oh, that's my committee. Okay, great. And well, we're you gonna go get ahead shit and keep done. me posted on how successful this is, dude. If I can find two or three people to be on my committee, but how it's are you gonna on. get any of the actions done if you don't have the right people in the group? I will go to the right people. Okay. I will put plans together to get to the right people. I just need people to come together to tell me what is the most important thing that is like stupid shit. Like for okay, for example, this is so dumb. Every night when I work in this role. I have to send out, like, when somebody calls off, okay, I have to send an email with a grid on it that tells, like, who called off, what time they called off, what unit they called off from, what their role is, whether it's FMLA, like, all this stuff, right? So every time I have to send out an email about this, I have to... Like, go back through an old email and copy that grid and paste it into a new email and then change all the old information and fill it out. And you're telling me that can't be done online somewhere? So what I want to do is I want IT to set up an email template where I can just pull up this template and shoot it out. That's what I want. Yeah, I mean... Another one is, like, for a rapid response. Like, I have to send out an email that includes, you know, 10 different pieces of information. And I have to I have to go back into the policy every time to find out what those 10 things are that I have to fill out every time. And I'm like, this is exhausting. Like, I just want to pull up my rapid response template 
and pop it up and fill it out and go. There's got to be a way to do it. Of course there is. I would just Google. This is the type of stuff I want to do on my committee. Yeah. Like stuff that will make the nursing job. Efficiency issues. Yes. Thank you. I want the nurse's job to be as, like, friction-free as possible. I mean, I agree with that entirely. Something that I think has been... No, take this sentence with a grain of salt. But something that I think has been a good result of COVID requiring people to be at home Mm -hmm. is a lot of the efficiency issues are being addressed in a different way because Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden everyone's inconvenienced. So mm-hmm. instead of oh, just yeah. my department being like, this is BS, now everyone's at home and they're like, oh, this is inconvenient. And you're like, yeah, no shit. We've been talking about this for weeks, months, <laughs> years. So now that we're all at home, most of the time, because we still have on-site rotations. Mm-hmm. But in general, I've heard this from all my business friends, too, who are like permanently at home for now. Mm-hmm. Some of the, A lot of the workarounds that we were always told aren't possible. You know, can we e-fax this type of document. Oh, Epic doesn't allow that. Okay, well, yes, it does. You just didn't want to investigate it. And now we have to. And all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. we have this magical way to do this. Oh, do we really have to manually fax this completely illegible ambulance form to to justify the medical necessity? And we fax it to, like, four different people. And everyone claims they didn't receive it. And there's no record of it in the chart anywhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, now we just have a smart phrase that we use in Epic. And then the ambulance company can pull it from our note. Don't you freaking love Epic? I do. And, like, Epic to me is, like... Like when my mom would say, oh, I wish my iPhone did X. And I'm like, oh, it does. <laughs> right. Yes. You know, and it's like anything yes. you wanted to do, it does. Yeah. You just need to yes. figure out where it is. Exactly. Yes. Correct. Well, and so part of the problem, this is what I find with Epic, is that the people who are training other people on Epic don't use Epic. Totally. And they aren't in your role. Right. And so the problem is that they have no idea what people who use Epic actually want. It's very strange to me because that's true across the board. Every time I've ever been trained on Epic, I'm like, my cousin worked for Epic for a short time and Mm -hmm. she said it was a terrible work environment, which she was like, I expected it to be like Google. You know, it's like innovative and cool and young and they have a bunch of young people working and we're just doing X, Y, and she's like, no, it's terrible. The conditions were awful. (laughs) That sucks. I know. But she's not a medical person. She's in school now to, you know, to to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the time, she was not a medical person. And I get, obviously, you need to, you know, not medical people aren't trained to design computer programs. Duh. But it's like, I remember several jobs, they've pulled me in to ask what we would need and then kind of ignore that. And then they build a tool and it's not Mm -hmm. functional. And then we spend another year tweaking the tool and everyone's all pissy about it. And very like when I'm on the call with these Epic ladies, very defensive about the tool they've built. And I'm like, bitch, I told you that this was not going to function. And then you rolled it out and it's, it's useless. And like, you can't be that stupid. This is ridiculous. Now are the people that you're talking about, they're IT people. Yeah. They're like Epic IT people. I have noticed that as well, that the Epic IT people are very defensive. And they probably spend their entire career with Epic having to like deal with healthcare people who are trying to get something functional and fast. And then it's like, maybe their culture, I mean, who knows what they're being told that they have to do, but like, you are not doing this for the client in the right way. Okay. But here's the thing. Like some of it comes from the client saying what they want because Epic is for, 
for any of you who are Cerner users, or God forbid, McKesson or something worse, because um, <laughs> my understanding is like half the country is Cerner and like half the country is Epic. <laughs> I don't. That's apparently like how it rolls. But for those of you who don't use Epic, Epic is. So there is different levels of out-of-the-box product, and then every system customizes it for what their own needs are. Sure. So, like, for example, I Which have worked... I don't think should be a thing. No. It shouldn't be I don't a th- thing. I don't think... So. Well... Tell no, me, tell so me something that think... only, certain, like, only certain hospitals do that no one else... Like, it should be a, a big box of everything you could possibly want. Like Yeah, but do you know how much money that would be, especially for a small oh, hospital who doesn't have all those needs? Who isn't bad certified or whatever the issue is. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand that the different hospital systems have different needs. However, I have worked for three very large hospital systems. Wait, one, two, three, four. Four very large hospital systems that have all been on Epic. And every one of them was so incredibly different. I mean, like, I can navigate my way through, but I'll be like, oh, where's this, bud? Like, for example, I worked at one facility. Now, granted, I'm an ER nurse, everybody, so I use, it's called Epic ASAP as their template, Mm -hmm. and that's where we chart ER stuff. So I worked in one place, and there is a link for a head-to-toe assessment. Fantastic, right? You open it up. It has all your body systems in it. You chart by exception. But then I went to another hospital system, and they have a link that's called head-to-toe primary, and that is only, like, what your primary trauma assessment would be. Mm-hmm. So your um, your neuro, your cardiovascular, and your respiratory. And then there's head-to-toe secondary, which is all your other systems. So like if I have somebody that comes in with like a headache, epigastric pain, which may or may not be cardiac, mm-hmm. and they're tachypnic and they're vomiting, I have to go through like two full system assessments rather than just clicking on one button and doing it all. That's stupid. It's so stupid. And then I work at another place where they don't even have any head to toe you just click on whatever system you want to chart on so (laughs) it's like just give me my freaking head to toe and i'll chart by exception i'll only go into the systems i need to chart you know it's just stupid stuff like that i agree and i think here's here's a big thing and this is going to be a circle back to what we said in the last episode about universal standards you know (laughs) you know who's a universal standard (laughs) jaco now we can say a lot about jaco that's a different discussion but like how can you have a universal standard evaluation company and then not have universal standards from hospital to hospital? Yeah. That's bizarre. Well, there is a universal standard in that, like... Yeah, keep your hallways clear and yeah, blah, blah, yeah reassess your pain and yeah. I just mean for, for us stupid stuff like that. Like... I know. I mean... I know. I think what it comes down to as well is, like, people who are change-averse and... So all nurses. So all nurses and healthcare providers and... <laughs> Especially doctors. Not to be too much of a sweeping generalization, but I stand by it. We're not asking you to assess your patients differently. We're asking you to chart the assessment you're already doing differently. It's okay. If there's a reason behind the the change, you know. Right. That's silly. I don't. I should be able to go to any one of any hospital system that uses Epic and jump right in and chart seamlessly. Yeah. I shouldn't have to go to an Epic class and learn how to use Agreed. Epic every time I go to a new hospital system. Do you think that's like a money thing? Education? It costs them to send me. I mean, for Epic. Well, I'm sure because the higher level of customer, every time you make changes, it costs money. Yeah. We're doing a big change rollout in two weeks mm-hmm. and it's, we were told cosmetic, but we have to go to a training oh. 
for a cosmetic change because basically everything that's on the left side of the screen is now going to be on the top and everything that's on the top is going to be on the left side. We we just went through that. Yeah, we went through that a, f- a few months ago. Why? Yeah, it's so annoying. And why now? Mm-hmm. And why? Why? Why again? Because why? It's not just, it's not a cosmetic change only. It's like the upgraded like 2020 version 2020 or something. Version. I mean, I, I'm sure it'll be fine, but it's like I'm going to have to spend a week learning all where all my shit is again. It's irritating. Yeah, it's, and it takes more than a week, let me tell you, because yeah. there's still stuff that I can't find. That I'm just like, come on, man. Well, and I've been using the same, um, because obviously in my role, it's a little bit different what views and stuff that we have because mm-hmm. it's like all insurance based and stuff so it's a lot of off-cert stuff for the for the hospital and the sure. business office and whatever and the discharge planning and, and resources and communications and faxes and all that is all in there mm-hmm. i've been using it for i mean listen i'm not trying to be change averse if this is what they're telling me i need to do obviously it's you happening do it. i don't care i'll right. do it but it's like something that you've been learning for three years and that using for three years and then to have it change and then they're trying to convince me that it's only going to take a, you know oh you'll get used to it super soon and i'm like i don't know that you will because something you use all day every day for years and years and years they right. change the orientation of it like that's jarring yeah. that's a sp- that's yeah. a very significant it is uh, change and i'm it i mean is. and like you said i'm sure there's going to be plenty of other upgrades and stuff and like that's fine whatever it, listen epic yeah. needs it there's plenty of stuff that it needs to do faster so that's fine but yeah good golly yep no you're 100 percent correct it's it's annoying have fun with it <laughs> well then the, the like my department is all old ladies who are like pre retirement who are not only change averse but also terrified of technology so <laughs> it's a bad combination anytime my boss puts me in a meeting with all of them i'm like can we have now i'm not trying to be ageist but i am i am trying to be ageist can we please have a meeting with just the young people and it's going to take a quarter of the time <laughs> that is ageist yeah we are welcoming to all people we are, but I don't okay. want to spend an hour on a call for something that I could have read in an email for people who need the hands-on time and deserve to have that teaching time. Yeah. But that's not sure. useful for my time. Well, maybe this is something that we can bring up on my stupid shit committee or yeah. my, my do, <laughs> what is it? My do work committee? Do group. Do group. My do group. <laughs> So anyway, uh, my see, do you see how inspired you were by my do group? You're right. So anybody who wants to join my do group, let me know. Okay, so we are done recording. We're out of time. Oh shoot! <laughs> we have reached no question of the days. We have not discussed a topic. Let's. So we were planning everybody to do multiple questions today because we've been getting so many questions from people. Yeah, so great questions. I think what we'll do is we'll for sure do one question of the day so that our sponsor gets their airtime, and then we'll follow up on like the Insta stuff. Mm-hmm. And I have what does this say? Oh, face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Read my own writing with my radio face there. Thank God you wrote that down so you'd remember to say it. (laughs) So, anyway, uh, yeah, we're just, this is total hodgepodge today. I know, this episode totally turned into a do group. A do group. Maybe maybe we'll call it do groups. I don't know. (laughs) The stupid shit committee. I like that. People are going to be like, what the hell are do groups? (laughs) Don't worry, they're going to learn. Or they're going to get the reference for Brooklyn Nine-Nine and then we can be friends. Oh, will Brooklyn Nine-Nine sue us? Oh, God, I hope not. We're giving them good 
good publicity. Maybe we'll title this stupid shit committee. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Well, anyway, let's get into our question of the day. Yes. (laughs) Today's question of the day is brought to you by Fruit of the Bean Coffee. They wait until you order to roast your beans so you get the freshest roast possible. 10% of all proceeds go to support orphans and victims of human trafficking, so you support two great causes every time you order. Go to fruitofthebeancoffee.com and use code NURSE to get 25% off your first order. This is kind of a juicy one today. Ooh, we like it. Hi, Jamie and Sarah. So, confession. I recently hooked up with a person. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whenever anybody starts it with confession, you know it's going to be good. Okay, yeah, go ahead. that's true. Spill the tea. <laughs> Spill the tea, sis. I love it already. Spill the tea. I recently hooked up with a resident on my unit. Ooh. It was super fun and I don't regret it, but I made the mistake of telling my coworker slash friend and the rumor mill got started. Oh, no. Mm. Now it feels like every older nurse is looking at me and judging me. I've gotten comments about special treatment, etc. And in, in parentheses, it says, what special treatment are they thinking I'm getting? He isn't my professor. <laughs> and it's enough to make me want to stop seeing him, even if it is casual and fun. I feel like my personal life shouldn't be a reason for my coworkers to judge me. But my friend, she puts in quotes, uh-oh, says, I dip my pen in the company ink and now I have to live with it. Thoughts? Thanks, E. Mm. Ooh, e, 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 e. <laughs> Let's just start with the fact that, like, nurses and residents. Oh, boy. Tale as old as time. <laughs> right. You know what's funny is I've actually, well, okay, you, you ready for me to throw some anecdotal evidence? Yes. Okay. I've worked with several nurses in the ER who have met and gone on to marry and have children with doctors who they met as residents in the ER. Um, same. Now, I don't know. Okay, I was going to, so I was going to say, conversely, I have met many nurses on the floor who have hooked up with residents and been just that, hooked up with residents, rumor mill goes wild. Yeah, yeah. Especially as they rotate through and then they're gone. As they wrote, yep, exactly, yep, And it's like, oh, you know, your friend from the ICU also hooked up with him. Like, that's awkward. Yeah. There there was was one place I worked where two different nurses were pregnant by the same dude from different... Oh, God. Well, and here's the thing, too. For my anecdotal evidence, I found that most of the residents were already married, even if they were young, like us, because... Mm. I I really just think they, like, have a strict timeline they work on. It's, like, these were surgical residents that, like, timed their pregnancies for their research year. Oh, female residents? Well, the female, yeah, the female residents timed their pregnancy for their research year. But in general, almost every resident I knew was married. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, what I do, know. And they were all married to other doctors. I'm like, do y'all, like, do this, like, do you have a mass wedding Right after med school graduation, where you can all go into residency already married and be done with it. Do you think it's because they meet each other in medical school? Yes, I do. Yeah. And they meet each other in residency, I'm sure. Well, but also, I mean, think about how many people meet their significant other in college. In college, yeah. And you're meeting yeah, someone with, I mean, that's with, a normal with similar interests. Although, everyone I've known in medical school, which I haven't known a ton of people while they were still in medical school... Yeah. Um, but like my few friends that, that became doctors and things, it's hard because you get placed where you get placed. And so, yeah. you know, you have trying to schedule your residency around where someone else is going to be is nearly impossible. Mm. You can, though, you can do a residency like 
you can put that like you're going someplace together. Yes, for sure. But then ultimately, I guarantee you that there is a dynamic of who is sacrificing. Because for, at least from what I've seen from my friends, you know, they are naming their top choices mm-hmm. based on a lot of different factors. Sure. And uh, I mean, certainly, listen, live your life and like, your spouse is important and maybe they feel like it's absolutely no sacrifice at all. And that's swell. Mm-hmm. But I know, I know several couples who have broken up because like one wanted to be placed in California and one was in Boston. And like, that's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. For During sure. a residency where you're working a billion hours and it's not like you can have casual weekends together, you know? Right. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, um, let's bring this back to back the to question e. of the day. First of all, good for you, E. Strong work. Yeah. I mean, look, the bottom line is, First of all, the old nurses are 100% judging you. So those looks are real. They are. Um, (laughs) What you're feeling is 100% true. But the other part of it is who cares, really? I mean, I guess if you're going to do stuff like that, you kind of have to have the backbone to own it. I agree with that. If you're truly hooking up with this person to, like, have fun and have a fling and, like, you like each other... And you don't know where it's going to go. This is like a dating thing. You know, whatever. I mean, who... Okay, that's part of life. Do it. I mean, nurses meet doctors and marry doctors all the time. Nurses meet doctors, hook up with doctors, and that's it all the time. Mm -hmm. So it can be whatever level you want it to be. And if it's your life. So if you're having fun and you're doing what brings happiness into your world and your life, people are going to talk about what they're going to talk about. And the only thing that you can control is you. You can't control them. Yeah. I mean, take a little peep at your policies and make sure that like there's not something about interhospital relationships, I guess. Because you don't want it to get spread through the unit and then you're having a very awkward face-to-face conversation with your manager mm-hmm. about unprofessional conduct. Because it's like, yeah. you, I'm, I'm sure you have not done unprofessional conduct. Though I think probably to meet residents, if my memory serves, there's an awful lot of <laughs> in, flirting, a lot of flirting and a lot of not yeah. paying attention to patients when all that's going on. Yeah. Um, that's what I recall doing and seeing. Yeah. And I've also seen... Lots of uh, zip on over to this call room like we're on Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, watch yourself. There was somebody at our hospital who, mm, what's it? What's a nice word for blowjob? <laughs> fellatio. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not saying fellatio. Um, so she was janitor closeting with this mm-hmm. resident. I mean, come on. Who, by the way, was literally the least educated, stupidest <laughs> resident I've ever met. Oh, and hate that. Have high like standards. honestly, he was so stupid. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know how he graduated residency. I. I I can't, I wouldn't be surprised if I heard he's lost his license by now. He's that dumb. And like, I'm like, that's who you're blowing in the closet for Uh, real? Yeah, that's Come on. Like, I mean, if you're going to blow somebody, like pick the top of the class or something. Totally. Chief resident or nothing. Right. Set your standards (laughs) high. Set your standards high. Man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh, my God. We had some douchey residents come through. I was laughing because my one of my friends went, had to go to the ER last week and because he had swallowed something and was having something weird and was it felt like it was stuck, was having trouble breathing, whatever, had to go to the ER. And I couldn't join him because 
COVID. You know, they aren't going to allow visitors. sure. And so he was like, I'm trying to keep my cool, but there's an awful lot of Chads and Brads down here. Chads and Brads. And I was like, that's exactly who's in the ER. (laughs) Like, sorry. Oh, my God. Chads and Brads. ER and Oh, you mean Doc-wise? Yeah, Doc-wise. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Chads and Brads. Oh, my God. That's (laughs) hilarious. I don't know if you remember... When we did our medication errors episode, I talked about a nurse who gave epi IV instead of IM. So she gave the IM dose intravenously. That was that was a situation where she was like, I don't even know why she responded to the STEMI because she was like a floor nurse or no, she it wasn't a STEMI patient. Sorry, it wasn't a STEMI patient. She caused the STEMI. Oh, I don't know. It turned into a STEMI patient fast. Yeah, it really did. Like, instantly. I don't remember what she was doing administering medication in the ER, Mm -hmm. but she was down there because she was dating one of the ER residents. And she had come down to flirt and twirl her hair and blah, 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 and then administered this medication. I don't don't remember what the (laughs) thing was, but... Oh, that has the potential to be wildly inappropriate. Completely. So, Eve, to finalize your question. I mean, my feeling is have fun, be safe, but know that when you're dating a coworker, this comes with it, unfortunately. That's why a lot of places don't allow you to, to date or, or be with coworkers because it creates dynamics in the workplace. Like it just does. And yeah. I know I can picture these nasty old nurses perfectly. <laughs> Ignore them. I mean, I don't, yeah. don't take criticism from someone who you wouldn't take advice from. Sure. That's a great statement. Thank you. But also tread a little carefully. I would say like, don't, don't be, uh, don't be too flaunty about it. Like, and don't hook up at work. Yes, please. I know that I get the thrill of it, but. Yeah. And honestly, honestly, like if you, if you are serious about this dude or at least serious about continuing to have casual fun with him, you cannot sacrifice your work while you are there. You cannot be like flirting on the unit because you really walk the line of like professionalism and and unprofessionalism. Mm-hmm. And if if you're flirting back and forth with this resident all the time, it's a super annoying as your coworker. Like, get off your ass and help me out. Like, I don't need to watch you flirt with your boyfriend all day. Like, this is well, especially ridiculous. if I need things from your fucking boyfriend and he's not responding to my pages right. because he's flirting with you. Like, hello, <laughs> I need right. things too. Right. So if you really do want to continue whatever it is with him, you can't do it at work. Like, you see him outside of work and uh, you can ride together to work and leave together, but you need to have your own separate careers while you're in the building. Yeah, I agree with that. But then beyond that, like, who, what other people think is what other people think, and you can't control them. So don't lose sleep over it, girlfriend. Have fun, be safe, be smart, and, uh, and wrap it up. don't be totally surprised if he's hooking up with other nurses that you other know. Other people. Especially if it's just casual and fun. Well, especially, I think it's funny because I remember one of my nurses being upset about that, but I'm like, girl, you've slept with multiple residents. You think that they don't know each other? Like, we're all doing it to one another. So, like, let's just be honest about that. And it's okay as long as we're being honest. Yeah. And safe, please. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, that's it. Yeah. I hope, uh, hope that helps. 
Uh, but if you're if you're having fun, you're being safe, and you don't care if he's sleeping with other people, and you're keeping it professional at work, then just keep having fun, man. Yeah, have a good time. Because you're going to be able to defend yourself much better if you've taken particular strides like that. You know, so say you do have to have that horrible face-to-face with your manager about who you're sleeping with. At least you can say, no, I have been <laughs> consciously professional, and anyone who's saying otherwise is projecting. Yeah, I mean, we only did it in the janitor's closet twice. Yeah, it's fine. And I don't think anyone heard us, and only one person not. Yeah, right? And we let them in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, moving right along. (laughs) So there is something, we don't even have time. We were going to, honestly, we were going to do a question of, or we were going to do an episode of a bunch of questions, but we don't even have time. No, we got too Um, chatty. Typical. Some days are just like that. What can I say? When I've had my energy drink and I'm working in my underwear, life is good. (laughs) God, I want that on a mug or something. <laughs> I think I'll make a mug. I got a to-go cocktail yesterday. Oh, yeah. Because places are doing takeout cocktails during COVID. I love it. We got it on our way home from one of the marches. Okay. And then I drank it in my bathtub. Oh, my God. That sounds like a great day. It was great. Okay. Speaking of great day, I really need your opinion on this. And this might be somebody who follows us on Insta. Mm. So I I apologize, man, but I feel the way I feel and I hope you continue loving us anyway. <laughs> this person posted a picture of like some maybe like NCLEX result or something and it says status pass and she's got it circled. And then it says, this is not to us, this is just her Insta post. And it says, hi, I can't keep calm. I passed NCLEX on my seventh attempt with the help of someone who gave me a file of 200 questions and answers, and they all came during my testing. I am so happy. If you need help, I can connect you with her. You're telling me that someone posted on the internet that they cheated on the national boards? That's That was my first inclination was like, okay, so you cheated after failing six times before and then posted about, I mean ch- listen I, I do you I don't I mean I have an opinion but it's ultimately not up to me but don't oh my god this it, everything keeps coming back to don't post it on the internet I know well after reflecting on it maybe somebody just gave her like 200 questions and we're like here these are like practice test questions type of deal I'm sure I mean yeah you're right I'm I mean I'm sure but the but the fact that both of us thought that means that I mean you can get past NCLEX questions yeah. but I mean NCLEX doesn't like release their questions unless unless her friend works for NCLEX in which or that's what a whole wrote them down. Apps, I mean but... are we taking boards remotely oh I don't know is there a way to write them down but then how would you know the answers 100% my whole point is like girl it took you seven times really yeah i mean and like maybe cheating i don't know i don't know i i took it as cheating the first time i read it and yeah. then i was like well maybe she wasn't cheating i i don't know i just huh. i mean on the one hand i very much admire the tenacity to continue to try i know plenty of people that claim to be dedicated to being a nurse but wouldn't have done that so this is clearly someone who really really is dedicated to being a nurse and i do admire that what's the maximum number of attempts you can take i think seven's the max I don't right know. i don't know the i think it is that. hey siri 
What's the max number of attempts on NCLEX? Oh, Siri's not listening to me because... I'm Googling it too. Presently, there's no restriction. Oh, but you can take it eight times per year with a 45-day waiting period between each time. Wow, we have high standards for nurses, man. We do. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like we've we've said on the in the past that a standardized test is not indicative of how good of a nurse someone's going to be. Yeah, but that's it, true. But it is... I mean, we. I do think there's correlation between... I don't know, because anytime you take a standardized test and you, you know, you're taking prep courses and things, they're teaching you not how to be a good nurse, but how to answer these specific type of questions. Sure. So uh, it doesn't account for people who have any kind of um, disability isn't the right word, but need an alternative learning environment or need an alternative test taking environment. Like they're sort of accommodating, but even if they're accommodating, the questions are still the same. I don't know. Yeah. No. Okay. You're right. I am an asshole. No, you're not. I hear what you're saying. I think that whoever this is, congratulations on passing congratulations on becoming a nurse welcome Please to our ranks. be careful about what and how you're posting things like that remember yeah. that nurse that posted a, a what what to me sounded like an innocuous question about whether or not it was ethical for her hospital to force them to sign yep. a pledge that they would and then got you know, fired and then got fired for it yeah you know she didn't say this is my bullshit hospital and they, they're a bunch of crooks right. and they're trying to get me to sign this and i'm gonna sue them she didn't say anything like that she was asking a question like hey community is this cool what do you think about this and that simple question got her fired now maybe she had a history of other stuff maybe they just have a really strict policy i don't know but i do know that places are checking social media before they're hiring people so i would actually recommend just taking that down completely because and posting something else about passing you are well within your rights to be excited about passing and celebrate passing and celebrating i I hear that you are wanting to offer assistance to other people also good but not like this not in a public forum i think is the long and short of it not with your name attached to it yeah and make sure it doesn't sound like you cheated because yeah because it does to both of us and like if you did cheat i think you need to evaluate whether or not you really should be a nurse honestly okay all right so fair all right fair 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 okay oh Instagram polls. Speaking oh, yeah. of Instagram. So um, I did two. We did two polls for Instagram. One was okay. should visitors be allowed back on the units? Mm-hmm. And the choices were, oh, yeah. And the other was, God, no. And it was overwhelmingly <laughs> God, no. What was the percentage? Do you remember? Well, it was 61% God, no. Oh, wow. I would have thought you were going to tell me in the 90s. No, that isn't as overwhelming as I remembered it being. I felt like it was in my heart was overwhelming. <laughs> That's Maybe why. that's because you were like, I voted 12 times. <laughs> I wish I could vote on my own. I would totally skew the results. So I'm actually really surprised by that because when you told me it was overwhelmingly God, no, I was like, yeah, okay, sweet. But now I'm kind of feeling like, oh, maybe our audience does feel differently. Maybe. I mean, I didn't ask for a reason. No, Although you don't have to. One person did message me that they uh, they replied to the story and they, got, they said, I meant to vote no. <laughs> so maybe oh, they just made a mistake also so i want to read about the the ratios that people sent in um oh okay, thank you great. all very much for responding i love when to get some good responses but this girl also has asked us a question okay can i read it to us yeah so she starts it with she lives in ohio and she works for an ohio IC. okay sorry but ohio ohio checks in with us a lot ohio welcome represent welcome ohio so for nights of an icu step down four to five woof most nights five on an intermediate unit uh wow that's a lot and then mickey day or night one to two even with coronavirus so she says 
quick question to you and and the general pop. What are other hospitals' coronavirus ratios? At my facility, mm. the intermediate and med surge coronaviruses are also one to two, and our ICU is still one to two with corona, which has been a big debate on our unit. ICU patients are obviously more sick, uh, yeah, and typically try to cluster care the best we can, but it takes upwards of an hour, if not more, to get things completed for one coronavirus ICU patient. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think it's. I mean, I can't, I can't dictate that it, they'd be one to one because I don't work in an ICU environment where I could even claim that. But I, I don't think that sounds fair. That it would be one to two, no matter what level of care. Right. No, I will tell you how we've done it at some of our hospitals, which, well, just to give you a baseline, at one of the hospitals I work at, med surge is one to five, intermediate is one to four, and ICU is one to two, except for certain circumstances that require one-to-one care. During coronavirus, when you had coronavirus patients, we did not have any med surge coronavirus units. Part of that was because the typical course was for coronavirus patients, they they would be doing well, doing well, doing well, and then they would just plummet. Yeah. And so even the ones that were technically med surge level of care, we, we made them intermediate or step down or progressive or whatever you want to call that level of care. And so coronavirus patients were one to three but there was also an extra nurse who was like a runner. Yeah. That's good. They need they definitely need that. For many reasons. So you weren't like donning and doffing all the time and going through PPE so much. Yeah. For the ICU, we did have a regular ICU unit that may or may not have coronavirus patients on it, but they were a more stable ICU patients, whether they had corona or not, and those were one to two. We also had a dedicated unit that was only vented coronavirus positive patients that were like the sickest of the sick. So these were all people that were like CRRTs, people, they were manually proning these patients, just really, really your sickest coronavirus patients. And they were one-to-one ratio plus a runner. Wow. Yeah. And a ch- and plus a charge, a, p- yeah. a charge, a runner. So I think it that was how we were doing it at our facility. So some of them were one to two in the ICU, but for even step down, they were one to three. I think one to two is way overboard on a progressive unit for coronavirus patients, but maybe you don't have a runner. And so that's why, but maybe that's an idea you could take to your facility and say, hey, here's how somebody else is doing it. And maybe it works well. Yeah. I've heard of units doing, or facilities doing team nursing structure. So for for X number of patients, you have two ICU RNs, three med surge RNs, and a tech or whatever. Oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. And it's like the ICU nurses are kind of like in charge, but then, I don't know, to me, it sounded like it wasn't a great plan, but... That seems like a lot of power to give to ICU nurses. Well, agreed. And like my (laughs) friend who was telling me... Is an ICU nurse who I think would be excellent at that, but I know plenty of ICU nurses who would not be, so... Yeah. I don't know. There's already such a dynamic between... Not to say, like, listen, interdisciplinary and inter-nursing dynamics should take a backseat for the coronavirus Mm -hmm. task force, the the Jew group of uh, addressing (laughs) addressing coronavirus, but they do still exist regardless, and, like, I know at my facility... One of my friends is a MICU nurse, and mm-hmm. they are currently staffing three different units to try and take care of this. And so they're all over the mm-hmm. place, and it's chaos. And so they yeah. they were going to do that. So some of the SICU nurses were going to 
to the regular Mickey to, like, help out and, like, disperse everyone. Sure. And they came and they tried to, like, they tried to change all the Mickey policies because they felt that they did stuff better. And so oh, then there was no, this no, no. huge issue with Ugh. all of them, like, trying to, I mean, and, like, complaining and carrying on and trying to, like, without anyone's permission, just, like, change the way things are done. And it's like, yo, no, your place. Give me a break and stay in your lane. Yeah, but, okay. In defense, I, I, I hate that I'm even doing this. I'm going to defend the sick you nurses for one second in that, I, first of all, I don't disagree with what you're saying. They should not be coming in to change things. However understand that they operate on a daily basis under a different set of protocols. So what they know and are familiar with, they think, because remember how siloed we all are? Yeah. They think, oh, I'm going to go take care of another ICU patient. These are the protocols and measures that I need to do. Well, shame on the hospital for being like, oh, it's six and one half dozen in the other. Yeah. Well, here we are. See, that goes down. The The two arguments are a nurse is a nurse is a nurse. Yeah, right. Or we're so different. We've moved so far away. We need to, like, have universal standards. Right, right. Come on. So, anyway. Everything comes back to that. I know. I'm telling you. Because that, right. we would solve the healthcare problems of nurses. <laughs> All of them. I'm going to put it on my do-good committee. What's it called? A do-group. Do-good committee is even stupider. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) On on that note, uh, you guys all message me if you want to be part of my... uh, my stupid shit committee, my do good work committee, or my do group, or whatever you want to call it. In fact, just write me in and tell me what should what it should be called because I can't figure it out. So, but you guys come be a part of it and tell me what tell me what you want to solve. Let's solve it all together. I love it. But we are uh, we've officially done like three episodes in one. Whoops. <laughs> Isn't there like some product that it's like three, three, three all in one or something like that? Well, I know there's like the men's shampoo, which is like shampoo, conditioner and body wash, like three in oh, one. Oh, we're, we're just a big body wash today. We are just a head and shoulders body wash today. <laughs> Get rid of your nursing dandruff. <laughs> oh my God. I, we got, I'm going to bed now. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.